Walk around with my chest out of my skin smooth. I'm healthy. I'm in a mix and I'm handshaking, but most of y'all. What's going on, guys? My name is Mark Anthony Joe. And I'm Matt. And this is the Joe Brothers Podcast. You know, guys, I was uh, I was thinking earlier this morning about uh, a really, really, really uh, a pivotal moment for me in my life. Um, it was actually, you know, sometimes people ask me, Mark, was there a moment? You know, was there like a a moment when 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 a flip or when a switch just flipped and you just changed everything and and really the, the honest answer there is no it was more of a progressive change um that occurred for me but there was certainly a pivotal moment a, a turning point and the turning point for me in my life um and for those of you listening for the first time you know i spent five and a half years in prison my brother matt he spent seven and a half years in prison and despite um having gone through that experience and and had you know having to re-enter society with uh this this tarnished uh past if you will and uh um we've both you know really overcome that and and gotten to a point in our life that um you know that we could be proud of and uh and the turning point for me was when I was in prison, okay, a lot of people don't know this, I originally got sentenced to four years in prison. And uh, eventually, I actually got rearrested in prison for doing the same thing that I originally went to prison for. And uh, and so it was bad. It was it was really, really bad. The day that I got rearrested, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was in the box. I was in solitary confinement. Um, I had just gotten... Uh, caught with um, with with some controlled substances, with some drugs, and all of a sudden, like I was just I was in the I was in solitary I was in the box, okay, and in the box, like the guards don't talk to you, they don't they they leave you alone, like you're just I mean unless you're causing trouble, but you're in there, it's dead silent, it's dead silent. You don't have any, you don't have a bunkie, you don't have anything, right? Um, and then all of a sudden, a guard walked up to my cell and he knocked on my cell and he said, "Hey Joe, get dressed, you're going for a trip. You know, you're going for a trip." And instantly, like my heart sank, you know, it just dropped like going for a trip. Where am I going? You know, they don't take you out of the box when you're in the box. You just they forget about you in there. And I asked him, you know, going for a trip, you know, where am I going? Where am I going? Am I, you know, and all he said was, oh, don't worry about it, man. It's going to be fine. It's going to be OK. And when he said that, like, I just knew it wasn't going to be OK. Like, I, I really did. I started shaking uh, again, I, I remember this like it was yesterday. I, I started shaking and I, you know, when you when they take you out of the box, you got to turn, you know, have your back to the door. They'll open the door. You have to step backwards, step to the side, put your hands against the wall. They'll put chains or shackles on your ankles They put shackles on your hands, on your wrists. And then they uh, and then they walk you down the hallway and they walk me down the hallway the whole time. I'm, I'm literally visibly shaking and they put me in the back of a van Um and lo and behold, they they transported me to the local state police uh, barracks, and they re-fingerprinted me, re-arrested me, charged me with possession of of prison contraband, and um, and what came of that was that I got an additional one and a half years added to my original sentence. And and when they brought me back to the prison that day, they put me back in the box, they put me back in my cell. And I remember just like pacing around my cell, you know, and, and I was probably less than a year away from the time that I was supposed to be released at this point. Um, 
and all I could think about was like, how am I going to tell my parents that I just got an additional year and a half added to my sentence, that I wasn't coming home in a few months anymore, that I was going to I was going to need to be here for a whole nother year and a half. They weren't going to see me this Christmas um, and they were going to miss another birthday. How was I going to tell them that I got in trouble for doing the same exact thing that I that I went to prison for in the first place? And I was pacing back and forth, pacing back and forth. And I was trying to think of a story that I could tell them. You know, I was trying to think of a lie. I, uh, I remember thinking to myself, uh, I was considering telling them that the guard set me up or telling them that, you know, the other inmates set me up, telling them that they planted it on me, that it wasn't my drugs, that it wasn't my contraband. I had all of these stories that I was going to tell them. And then all of a sudden I had a moment, a moment of, uh, of clarity, if you will. And... What I thought to myself is like, no, Mark, you know, you're not a kid anymore. You're not a kid anymore. What are you going to lie to your parents for? It doesn't affect them. What are you going to, it doesn't change anything. Lying to them doesn't change anything. You're not a kid anymore. You know, you're a grown man. And specifically, the verbiage that this thought came to me was, you don't make mistakes, Mark. You make decisions. And your decisions, they have foreseeable consequences. And, and when you make them... Right, you know that there's that the there's a potential uh, that the outcome is not going to be the one that you want. Right, any time we make a decision in life, we know that there are multiple potential ramifications or consequences or outcomes that could potentially come to come to pass, and we make those decisions anyway. And then sometimes when we make when we make a decision, and the outcome is unfavorable, then we want to say, hey, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. But you didn't make a mistake. You made a decision. You made a decision, a conscious decision. And you knew that whatever the outcome was, was a possibility when you made that choice and you made it anyway. And, and this realization, you know, this realization, it drastically, drastically changed my life. Um, and so what I wanted to come on and talk about today was this concept of like, of like how every decision that you make, every action and inaction that you make in life, it has consequences. It has a ripple effect that affects your life in other areas. It could affect your life immediately. It could affect the people around you's life immediately, or it could not, it could not really reveal the full consequences or ramifications of those of those actions or inactions for days or weeks or months or even years later but every single action that we take or choose not to take it has consequences and it's a lesson that i learned um it's a lesson i learned the hard way but many 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 times over and and honestly I've grown to have an even deeper appreciation for it and a more thorough understanding of it that I do want to get into. Uh, but before I do, you know, I, I had to preface this whole thing with revealing to you guys the moment in which, um, you know, I began to appreciate um, and take ownership, like, and really, really, really take ownership. I, I began to appreciate the role that I played in my own life. Like the, the, the overwhelming realization in this moment is no, Mark, your life is your fault. 
Like your life is your fault. Every decision that you've made in your life up until this point, everything, every opportunity that you've passed up on, every time you had a chance to, to get better or to make progress or to, to move forward and you passed up on that opportunity, it had consequences. There were ramifications in that. And you are standing in this prison cell right now for no other reason than because of the decisions you've made up until this point in your life. That was the realization. And, and like I said, my understanding has evolved since then. But I, I want to bring Matt into this conversation and really just, you know, kind of get his thoughts. Because obviously, I mean, he shared in the last episode that I never even tell him what we're going to talk about. Um, I really just dropped this on him in the moment. But I know that he has, uh, he's like me. You know, you only learn through your own suffering, uh, and, and we've suffered quite a bit. So, like, this whole concept of it really what, what it is is taking extreme ownership, you know, and really understanding uh, the consequences of your actions, understanding that your life is your fault. And I think it's a prerequisite uh, to anybody being able to actually take ownership of their life and become who they want to become. But, you know, really, uh, when did you first discover this? Or maybe if you don't even want to share when you first discovered it, you know, kind of what's your thoughts on this whole this whole idea? Um, well, you know, I, I don't know, you know, if I was going to keep it real, if somebody asked me that I always answer, I like, I really don't even have a clue. Uh, if there was like a, a, a pinpoint moment when I realized uh, when my mindset shifted um, to taking complete ownership of like, you know, my circumstances in my life, you know, at some point, obviously it happened, but I just don't know when that moment was, you know, and when, when you were talking, I was trying to think like, you know, what was like the most sobering moment that I had, uh, you know, that's anything, if anything stood out to me and, and really like, you know, one thing did, but, you know, a sobering moment definitely happened for me when I went to prison, but uh, it doesn't necessarily apply directly to, to you know, the premise like or, or the topic of taking ownership of, uh, you know, of your consequences or lack thereof. So I'm going to save that story for another time, but it's pretty badass. You know, I got to I got to remember to talk about it. But um, but yeah, like, you know, like kind of well, my now we're going to get DMs of people saying, Oh, why didn't you tell the story? What were you going to say? <laughs> my, well, my, uh, you know, my thoughts on this whole, you know, this topic that Mark's talking about, you know, the consequences of, and consequences don't necessarily need to, that's a, I think that word has a negative connotation, but consequences are just the result. Like it, it can be positive or negative, but my thoughts on this whole, you know, topic of, you know, the consequences of your action but also, you know, what's stood out to me is the consequences of inaction. And I feel like there's a, like a lot of people out there and, and, you know, even myself included sometimes when we all understand that there's consequences, there is, you know, uh, there's a reaction to every action. Right. But um, we don't think about the fact that there are also consequences to lack of action. Right. Um, and sometimes not taking action is making a decision is taking a stand. Sometimes not uh, making a decision is, uh, by default, making a decision. And I don't think that we fully like understand the ramifications sometimes of that lack of action, of that lack of decision in particular situations. What stands out to me in particular in my mind is two things. One, you know, dir applies directly to like a healthy lifestyle, right? Um, knowing that you need to take steps to better yourself, better your quality of life, better your health, right? And not doing that 
is a conscious decision to not take your life into your own hands and make it better. Uh, but then on, you know, a completely different spectrum, you know, take what has happened over the last two years, right? Like knowing that you should be speaking out or voicing your opinion or, 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 or standing up for what's right or, you know, taking a stand for what you believe in with all this COVID nonsense and masks and mandates and everything else and vaccines and, you know, all that. And, and, and just consciously staying quiet and keeping your opinion to yourself or just flowing with the crowd, like those things, those lack of action, lack of decision, lack of taking a stand, lack of voicing your opinion, those lack thereofs have had serious ramifications on the country. Oh, it, it definitely did. And, and something that I think about, too, is, you know, when when life let's say you you're 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 not happy with where your life is right now okay so maybe you wish you were making more money maybe you wish you had a job that you enjoyed more maybe you wish your relationship was more fulfilling maybe you wish you had better friends or maybe you wish your your house was nicer whatever it was right let's say that you feel like your your life is not nearly as as good as as fulfilling as enriching as it could be okay um, a lot of people, and, and obviously Matt and I have been in, in this situation, but in an extreme example, right? We were sitting in prison, um, and what what happened up until that point, okay? Because I have to, I have to share this as, as well, just to to really demonstrate my point, is when I was in prison, okay, and even up until that point, when bad things would happen in my life, whatever. Um, but when I was in prison, I, I had this attitude of like, oh man, well. For a little while, anyway. Well, you know, I never really had a chance anyway because I was a foster kid. You know, I grew up in the foster system. Or, man, both of my parents were drug addicts. Man, you know, I was bound to be a statistic anyway. Or, man, uh, you know, my mother gave me away to strangers when I was 11 years old. You know, like, man, I'm, I'm worthless. Not even my own mother wanted me. You know, or how about, man, my, my older brother, he died when, it, when I was 15 years old or 16 years old. And, you know, uh, if my brother hadn't died, you know, I'd probably be, you know, I, my life wouldn't have spiraled out of control. Right. When you when you allow for external circumstances to dictate your life in your brain, because that's just not the reality. Right. But, but but we tell ourselves that when I say, man, my life is that is their fault. Right. Like all, all those things that happened to me, uh, all of those circumstances that I had to go through and overcome. That's the reason why I am where I am. When you disown uh, the process or excuse me, when you disown uh, the outcome. All right. It is absolutely impossible for you to ever take ownership of the destination, right? When you when you say, man, when when I give all of the power away to these external things, well, I am also simultaneously forfeiting my power to control where I'm going. That's the that's the overwhelming point here is that not until you're willing to take ownership of how you got to where you're at Right. Like no matter what you had to go through, I just listed all those things that I just said. Those really happened to me. OK, those really those were real incidents that happened in my life. And there's more. That's not even everything. So I could very, very easily sit here and say, 
oh man, well, this happened to me and this disadvantage and this and this and this and this and this and this. But I, but I, I can't because if I give those circumstances any power, any power, then I give them all the power. That's the, that's the reality. And so when I reach that point at which I realize, man, my life is my fault. No, no. Yeah, my brother did die a couple years ago. But you know what? I made the decision to do this, this, and this. Yeah, my mother did give me away when I was 11 years old. But you know what? I showed up like this, this, and this in my new life, in my new family. When you take 100% ownership of how you got to where you're at and you don't allow the external circumstances to have any influence and you don't give them any credit, well, that's the, that's the, the first point at which you actually have some sort of uh, control or influence over the outcome of your life, right? If you have a vision of where you want your life to go, what you want your life to look like in five years, you have to be willing to take complete ownership of how you got to where you're at right now. Because once you take ownership of the process, that's when you can take ownership of the outcome too. Does that make sense? Yeah, man, makes perfect sense. And 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 something that and and so that was a an extremely liberating realization for me when I was in that prison cell. And in fact, all of that didn't come to me when I, that day. Okay, but but really, it was it was such a pivotal moment for me because it was the first moment that I took ownership of my life and I said, you know what, my life is my fault. And and that was the first moment that I even had a chance of changing my life. All right. And then as this my understanding of this concept evolved and, and Matt will probably like this, but as my understanding of this concept evolved, I've shared before many, many, many times that at the at the when I first started to change my life. OK. The truth is, I didn't know where to start. I'm just like I'm just like you guys. I'm no different than you guys. In fact, you, you guys probably have some advantages over me. I'm not that smart. OK. But when I first started to change my life. I kept asking myself, man, what does the absolute best version of me look like? All right. Like, like I, I, I kind of have this competitive mentality. So I figured, man, if, if I'm going to walk this other path, I'm going to do it as best as I possibly can. Like, I want to be the best at being a good guy. Like, that, that's just how I'm wired. So I kept asking myself, man, what does the absolute best version of me look like? And I was trying to come up with this image, like a, a concrete image of a, of a man that I could choose to show up as tomorrow. You know, like I, I, I feel like I'm so incredibly lucky that I have this intuitive understanding that every single day you have an opportunity to choose to show up as somebody completely new. You know, like who, who you were yesterday is completely irrelevant. Today, today you have an opportunity to show up as somebody completely brand new. And so I would try to work up this image of a man in my, in my mind and then, and then I could get fixated on showing up like that person. But the problem, the problem is, you know, I, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of how I, how I formed that image of myself. But okay, so once I had this image of what the absolute best version of me actually looked like, right? What does that man value? What does he speak like? How does he dress? What, what does he do in his spare time? All these things, very, very, you have to be very thorough in your investigation of this question if you're going to take it seriously. But it was probably the most productive exercise I've ever done. I journaled, and that's how I, that's how I came up with this image. Um, but once I had this idea of what the best version of me looked like, okay, I started to, on a moment-to-moment -moment basis, ask myself, 
man, what would the best version of me do in this moment? Like, what would the, what would the best version of me, how would he uh, interact in this conversation? Would he engage in this conversation? Uh, when it was time to eat, it's like, no, 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 I'm not just hungry. I'm not just going to reach mindlessly into my, my, my whatever, my cupboard or my locker or whatever it was. I'm going to reach mindfully and ask myself, man, what would the best version of me eat right now? You know, like uh, when, I, when I go outside, how would the best version of me spend his time outside, you know, today? Uh, when I go to the gym, what would the best version of me do? When I wake up in the morning, what would the best version of me be doing first thing in the morning? And that's how I started to approach, not every day, but every fucking moment, every single moment was like that. And that's when I realized, it was the first time in my life that I realized that, man, everything matters. Everything matters because every decision that I make throughout the day on a moment to moment basis, it's even it's either an accurate reflection of the absolute best version of me or it's not. And you are either you're constantly either getting closer and closer and closer to actually being the best version of you or you're moving further away from it. And every decision that you make that isn't in line with what the best version of of you would do in that moment it's you settling for you it's you being okay with being less than your best and that 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 was like that's something that evolved and it took me probably a, a 8 months to a year to get to that point of understanding and commitment to this concept but that's like that's something that i think about on a day to day basis today you know like i mean have you ever thought about it that deep well, dude, that's so crazy that, you know, it's so crazy. Sometimes we do this shit and I hear stuff that Mark's done and thought processes that he's had and, you know, whatever experiences that he went through that I never heard before. Like, I I never heard him talk about that before. But when I hear it, it like immediately resonates with me. And it's so crazy. Like, it's so crazy how similar our experiences were, even though we were like in the years that we were separated. Because, um, you know, I didn't, you know, Mark's super philosophical and I'm super faithful, you know, and it's, and it's kind of, they're both kind of, you know, related, but they're not. And I'm going to get a little bit like, you know, a little bit off topic, but this reminded me so strongly of, like of an experience that I went through, through, you know, just growth and development in prison uh, with what Mark was just talking about. So like when he talks about like moment to moment, thinking about like, how would the very best version of me how would how would this person act right now what decision would this person make right now like the best version of me how would you know how would you know how would he operate in this moment well the experience that i had was a little bit different because you know i started to develop my faith and my relationship with god when i was in prison and um you know i i went on super deep dives in the bible uh i'm extremely you know, thorough and well-versed in scripture. I love God's word. And, you know, and I started to develop a relationship with God that was, you know, you know, that, that is really, you know, to this day, really strong and, uh, and I think powerful, but I've read a lot of extracurricular, like, you know, faith-based books, right? Not the Bible, but things about developing your relationship with God and your prayer life and things like that. And in one of them, you know, I don't know which one, but one of them gave me the idea of like, of, 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 of thinking of prayer as like a, a, a walking, talking representation, like a, a like like being a billboard for the Bible, being a billboard for Jesus Christ. You know, like every action that you take, you know, and it and it and it, and it referenced imagining 
that Jesus was standing right next to you, right? Like as your best friend, right? He just went everywhere with you. He did everything with you. And in moment to moment, like the decision that you make, the thoughts that you have in your mind, the words that come out of your mouth, the ways that you interact with other people, the, the, you know, the ways that you treat people uh, or perceive them or judge them, uh, everything, you know, he had access to it all. And if in that moment you thought about the fact, like, would he be proud of my action? Would he be proud of my thought? Would he approve of the words that I just spoke? And now, guys, you know me, all right? I'm nowhere near perfect, but this, this practice helped me to become a much better much more thoughtful, much more intentional person, version of myself. And it's just like, Mark, you know, hey, like what would the best version of me, you know, do in this moment? Well, in, you know, in that season of my life, you know, moment to moment, literally, I tried to discipline myself to, you know, scripture says, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And I tried to do that in a, by imagining that, that Jesus was standing right next to me. He was with me in the moment. He was in my mind and in, you know, in, in the words that I spoke. And would he approve moment to moment? Now, you got to understand in prison, you're interacting with, you know, I, I was in a maximum security prison. I'm interacting with, you know, really bad dudes, both COs and inmates, right? And it's, it's not always easy to toe the line of being respectful and, uh, you know, in a, in a gentleman, let's say, right, uh, around these people because you can be perceived as weak. But it was really, it was a really powerful practice that I that I ended up practicing for months and months and months and disciplining myself to to become a much much better and more intentional version of myself. Yeah, you, people ask us all the time: Is it? it do you guys have like twin telepathy? I would say the answer is affirmative. Yes. <laughs> Uh, even though I never hear Matt communicating to me, um, we do have a very similar thought processes and, and, and tend to be on the same wavelength a lot of times. Um, you know, and, the, and the, dude, the, guys, the biggest takeaway here is one, you, you've got to, until and unless you take complete ownership of your life and you understand that you are where you are because of the decisions that you have either made or neglected to make in your life up until this point. You cannot ever, not even get close to scratching the surface of living your best life. You can't. It's impossible because you are just floating along on the lazy river of life and you're just, you're at the mercy of circumstance. But when you say, no, my life is my fault. Every decision that I've made up until this point has led me to this moment it, it, it actually is incredibly liberating and it gives you 100% ownership of your life. And then as you learn and you progress and you, you gain a deeper understanding of this concept and you, and you make a deeper commitment to this concept, it evolves. It's not just a day-to-day -day commitment. It's a moment-to-moment, second-to-second, -second, thought-to-thought, word-to-word, deed-to-deed commitment. And, and an understanding that, man, every moment that I have an obligation in this moment to show up as the absolute best version of me. And if you can string those, those minutes together, that, that's how you become the best version of you. And that's how you create the life that you've always wanted for yourself. Um, and, and, and like Matt already referenced, I'm not here to, to, to pretend like him and I are perfect at this. We're not even close, not even close. But every, every moment I have an opportunity to rein myself back in and literally ask myself the question, hey, how, am I showing up as the best version of me right now? And, uh, and everybody, one last point on this is that everybody, you know, they think in terms that people live in, in either the past 
or the present, or excuse me, the past or the future. Very few people actually are present and they are present consistently. But one thing that like, and this is a crazy realization, but one day I literally was just sitting thinking, I don't know if I was meditating or what, but I realized that like the past and the future, like those things, those are ideas. They're concepts. Like they, they literally don't exist. They don't exist anywhere but in your mind. So in a very literal sense, the only thing that is real is the moment, is, is right now, is this moment. Um, it's the, in fact, life is just a perpetual now. And people spend too much time thinking about either living in the past or thinking about the future, and it keeps them from doing. And when, when it keeps you from doing, guys, that's exactly what we're talking about. Okay, that's exactly what we're talking about. So um, I hope that you guys enjoyed the show. Um, seriously, man, this is a concept that I thought that you guys might think was thought-provoking, at, at least um, inspiring at best. Um, and, and one thing I have to ask is, guys, Matt and I do this because we love to share the things that we've learned. We love to help people. Seriously, like pouring into people is, is really uh, my life's mission, and, and it's what it's what gets me out of bed in the morning. I, I genuinely love contributing, but um, the goal here is to help and inspire and teach and, and 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 motivate as many people as possible. And I can't do that without you guys. The truth is, I don't got millions and millions of followers on Instagram or YouTube or anything like that, guys. I have you. I have you. So if you enjoyed the show and you got any value out of it, please do us a favor and just post about it on social media, put it on your Instagram story, tell a friend, coworker, someone, all right? Um, because that's, you know, that's really it. You know, that's the only way that the show is going to reach more people. And, and I'd like to think that what we talk about, what we share on here is stuff that can help everybody, not just you, not just us. So love you guys. We will talk to you again next time.